Coming at you from Scratcher Wolf Studio, it's that time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. Sitting across from me, the major domo of terrible, Mr. Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. And coming at us from the uh, the Lone Star State, it's verified camp counselor, Mr. C. Jason. How you doing, CJ? <laughs> doing good. How about y'all? <laughs> good to see you again, bud. Doing all right. Doing all right. See Jason. I like I that. I like that. It was good. It was yeah. good. <laughs> Verified camp counselor. Beautiful. See, I did the Friday the 13th thing was what was going on in my head. <laughs> oh, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> like as soon as I decided on see Jason, I'm like, well, see Jason Voorhees, camp counselor. That's where <laughs> we're putting it all together. Oh, God. That's funny. Well, I hope that doesn't stick. We'll find out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You know what's I mean, f- if it sticks well enough, I might have to get Smash Mouth as a soundbite to be Smash Mouth Jason. <laughs> I kind of love that. Kind of do, too. Yeah, you know what I just learned? And I don't know why I didn't know it before, because it's been around for 30-something years. And also, how come you never told me? Maybe you did, and I'm just stupid and I don't remember. But the Jason mask? Or is it the Michael Myers mask? No. It's the Michael Myers mask. That's why I confuse myself. But the Mi- the original Michael Myers mask was, like, the Captain Kirk mask for Halloween from, like, that time period. They, they just spray-painted white. Yeah. yeah they held the eyes and mouth holes open just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a William Shatner mask. Everyone knows that. Except me, apparently. <laughs> also, that movie came out in the 70s. <sighs> I know. I mean, I, I should have known. Fuck. Why did I not know that? I don't know. <laughs> Like I, and I feel strongly I didn't tell you because I think that's such common knowledge I wouldn't have had to. It's like one of the things that pops up on every little top ten poor facts of movies and whatnot. It, it's up there with, have to be Michael Myers. It, no, it's true. It, it, it's it's up there with the uh, the orgy scene in it. Mm-hmm. It's like whenever someone brings up Stephen King's it, it's like. You know, in the book, there's an underage orgy scene. Yeah, every everyone knows everyone knows that. The whole planet knows it, and you're the only one asking to see it on screen, you weirdo. So fucking. But like, like I was told, I was like, "This, what the hell are you talking about?" And I, you know, started typing in Google. It didn't even make it all the way to finish typing out the text, and it came up immediately. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> son of a bitch." And then the other guy next to me is like, "No, I've, I've never known that either." So I'm like, all right, well, at least I'm not alone on this. So you found the one other. (laughs) (laughs) He just happened to work with me. Look at that. Perfect. (laughs) I I felt so stupid. And and exactly the point, too, is I felt better knowing he was along with me on this stupidity ride. But at the same time, when it came up immediately and I didn't even finish out texting the stupid text (laughs) on Google, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I knew it, and I was like, as soon as I bring this up, I'm just going to get made fun of. But I know I figured it's worth it. (laughs) Yeah, you volunteered 100% of this. It was worth it. It's fine. It's funny. Well, you know what's going to happen, too, right? Is people are going to hear this, and there's going to be widespread support. People are going to pretend they didn't know this since they were, like, eight years old. So they can give Danny some backup. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) People like me, damn it. They do. They like you better than me. That, no, that's... Maybe if they do, it's out of sympathy. (laughs) It's not that I was saying that, but I was heavily implying it. (laughs) He makes fun of Daniel. 
plays so much. <laughs> Just because Danny plays the victim card like crazy. <laughs> Guys, poor me. Porter's picking on. <laughs> Porter's picking on me. Again. She hear the shit he cuts out of these shows. <laughs> CJ, if you want to back me up here. Oh yeah, there could be probably an entire blooper reel, maybe, of Daddy giving it back just as much as he takes. What? Or inviting oh. C, or inviting the shit flat out. I'm yep. a nice guy. Like that thing about his mother earlier. <laughs> I was hoping you forgot already. <laughs> Why would I ever forget this? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm telling a story about how Lucy Lawless fucking slipped out of her top during a hockey game like 20 years ago. And then he goes, you know, she looks just like my mom. <laughs> That's not. And I'm like, I know you little audio. scamp. That's how that happened. It's not actual audio, but it was close. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my mom had name tags from her work. and said Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did we get here? Jesus Christ. Oh, welcome to Rage Across the Internet. I fucking love recording day. This is a show about World of the Apocalypse. <laughs> and not Xena Warrior Princess. Or Danny's mom. <laughs> Thankfully. So if it's your first time here, welcome. Oh boy. We really do talk about werewolves. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we'll this I just take a minute. Oh yeah, we, we we like to have our own fun. But of course, this is the show where we discuss various aspects of World of the Apocalypse. Um it's a, it's a game we very much love and enjoy. And uh, you know, we're and, glad you're with us. Yeah, and thanks for being here because we love sharing it with you guys. It's true. Also, we hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I'm a little upset no one sent me any leftovers, but, uh, that's fine, I guess. Wow. I'm just saying. <laughs> but the time of verse says otherwise. So see, and that's the thing is the time of verse is on our side right now. Right now. Because we did the math. Uh-huh. And this is going to be out on the, like the 28th. Right. Right. Like this is the last one before December. So we're not in December yet. We discussed this. Mm-hmm. Because we have, we might have some news. I don't know if I want to say this, because then I have to do it. Oh, right. Oh, you know we're we're, we're going to put a little gap here, so you can just cut this out if we don't end up doing it. Okay. All right. So, so because December is literally next week at this point, or in a couple of days, uh, we are timely. Right. We're we're ahead of the game on this shit for a change. Uh-huh. So is a fun little Christmas thing, I guess. Yep. I don't know if it's fun. <laughs> Fun's <laughs> the word. It will be for you. If you do it, I, I don't know. We're we're looking at a discount uh, over at the Ko-Fi for, not for Tangled Webs, because Tangled Webs is really cheap already. Yes. But for the hard and the easy. We're, we're going to knock that down for a little discount for the holidays. Like, we know that one's a little pricier, that bundle. Yeah. But it's also aggressively longer than the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, almost doubled in time. Uh, Well, Guilty's, what, nine? Okay, so not yeah. doubled, but it's still significant higher, significantly larger. Yeah, like, and here's numbers. the thing is, we didn't do the math on the runtime because of aggressive laziness. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, I think it's, uh, it's about an hour and a half, 
between an hour and an hour and a half per, per postmortem, and there's 13 parts to the Hardly Easy. Yes. So. Yeah, it was like 30 hours of content. Is it? Roughly. It was like 28 and a half. Well, see, there you go. And that's why it's more expensive. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's way longer than the others. episodes. Yeah. And, and extra that you get throughout the year. Right. But all at once. Exactly. You know, like Tangled Webs is like six parts. That's why that's so cheap. You know, the Guilty's nine parts. But yeah, we acknowledge that hardly easy is expensive, but it's it's Christmas, so we're going to put a discount on that. A little discount. So yeah, I, you know, I hope Thanksgiving as well. We're going into the the holiday, more of the holidays. The holidays suck. <laughs> yeah, they they really do. I don't enjoy it. I know there are people out there, so I'm, I hope you have good ones. And yes, oof. hope you enjoy your holiday. Not it's not a Porter time of year. How about you, CJ? Is this a CJ time of year? Um time that i get to see most of the extended family sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad just depends on who shows up (laughs) i like that (laughs) who wants to show up yeah we were we were talking about this off air where um both you and danny have just an army of relatives (laughs) like aggressively too many relatives yeah i have a very large both sides of my family my mom's side and my dad's side are very large well, and the, it's just the one side of the family for me. But then, like, but your side, like, you need a convention hall for yours. Each. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but your side equals yep. both mine put together. Right, and, like, there's some sort of mystical law that there can't be more than five porters, and more than three of them can't be in a room together at once without violence breaking out. <laughs> I was going to say, there's, so if there's more than, more than two, there's a time limit on that. More than three. Oh, jeez. So, so you can have three? But yeah, no, once the fourth have- shows up. There's a time limit. There is a time limit. It's it's like Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one. Like when you're starting to run out of air underwater, that dun, 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 starts playing. And Gotta run into a bubble. You do. You have to run into a bubble to stay safe. The The upside of this, though, mm-hmm. is that of like the four porter, like the, I guess there were four of us. Two of them are dead is the thing. Oh, look at that. So so it's just me and my mother. We're the only ones left. So there's no more worry of danger. <laughs> if you're in the same room, there's no more time limit. Right. Like, it's totally fine. But. Or there is a time limit. It's just extended. Depends on how much we have to drink. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Porter and Porter's mom were kind of pals. Yes. Like there's, well, you've, yeah, you've met her. You've you've sat in a room and drank with us. Yes. (laughs) She's a great person. Yeah. She's, no, she's awesome. We're, we're friends. Like we don't do the hierarchy. We're just pals. We have a lot of shit in common and that's why we're friends. Absolutely. And so we will like, like if I go up there or down there to visit, we'll, you know, we'll crack open, we'll do some cocktails. We'll do a couple bottles of wine. We'll sit there. We used to smoke cigarettes, listen to music and bullshit. I remember, you know? Fucking argue about the Rolling Stones for 10 minutes. And that's all fine. But like three bottles, four bottles in. <laughs> Recipe for disaster. Yeah, you start to push each other's buttons occasionally. Not always, but sometimes. You just like, you think I'm just going to fuck with you a little bit. I'm going to fuck with you a little bit. Just to see how far you can get away with it. Right. Like, some <laughs> the, like once in like five times, it'll turn dark for like an hour. <laughs> it'll be all right. Wait, did you bring red wine or white wine this time? Oh, fuck it. <laughs> There's a lot of vineyards down in Virginia, man. Oh, they got to they got a stockpile. 
Oh, you about the red? Oh, then we're definitely not talking politics this time. <laughs> oh, the fucking holidays. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, we have a, I guess that's enough business. <laughs> we talked about Ko-Fi. We gave them the, there's a little discount on there for the show. Did we, is that part of the? I, I, I mean, kind of. So, yeah, I mean, again, the holidays coming up, you know, um, and we hope that it's a good time for you guys, but we know it can be a trying time. Not my favorite time of year, but, you know, what is my favorite is awkward segues. (laughs) And and if you have a favorite thing also, maybe that favorite thing could be supporting us. (laughs) That that, that is a hell of an awkward segue. No, I practiced. I I didn't. Yeah, one wheel's way too big, one wheel's way too small. In the one of them's way. a fucking square. I, I don't even know how this happened. But We're just going in an awkward zigzag circle. I thought it would be funny. But yes, if you are a fan of the show and you'd like uh, like to help out, there are many ways you could do that. And first and foremost is word of mouth. You know, the more people you can convince, you can trick into tuning into this <laughs> trick? nonsense. Trick? not really a trick. Oh, no, it's totally a trick. And then, like, you know, we make them laugh a few times. Okay, or it's whatever. Not stupid if it works, that's right, fine. You know, you know, pretend it's dead by daylight, or that you're fishing, and just put a hook through your friend and get them here to listen. Or you're pulling a quackwackor and just making them yep. listen. Excellent. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing you can do is just word of mouth, get more people to listen. Hopefully, you're you're fans of what we do. So make other people be fans of what they do through violence or trickery <laughs> or you know well. hooks or square wheels or whatever you need to do. But another great way is, of course, the, the um, five stars, five star reviews. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, the five stars is nice. Sure. And thank you. And it helps with the algorithm. That's not like a us thing. But, like, if you want to take the time to actually type a review to get other people, that'd be great, too. Yes. It, it's a thing that helps. I don't understand why that is what is necessary well, for the algorithm. Well, yeah, because it's all the algorithm. It's what it is. You know, like, like threes and fours and twos, none of that shit matters anymore. People only care about one or five. It's it's only extremes. These are bullshit right? at this point with the algorithm. Yep. So just fives. If no ones, no, just, but four more of them, if you want to do a one, just do five instead. And then tell us just why. Just do, yeah, just do one five times <laughs> in the same review. Yeah, so well, it's, on the same yeah, review though. Yes, just in the same, it. it's got to be the I'm same like, review. Wait, one five <laughs> times that would suck, but no, if you do on the same review, that's fine. No, that, see, that's why I'm, I'm we're working around it. <laughs> this is the this is the show. This I isn't the show. Know. This is the pre-show shit. <laughs> um, and the other thing, of course, is we have our Kofi. Uh, if you were in a position, um, you know, and you would like to take a make a monetary donation to help support us, what we do, help cover our costs, buy the occasional lunch. You know, a little emergency fun in case something happens like on some wood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, but you can do that uh, either a, a PayPal donation, fine, but also through our Ko-Fi, which is ko-fi.com slash Rage Across the Internet. And uh, there are a couple tiers there. We have uh, gifts we give. You know, you can sign up to one of the tiers and we have uh, rewards, uh, little thank yous. The, the monthly rewards are great. Yep. We have our... Movie night for our general backer hangout, you know, backer night, which is a great time. You know, shitty movies, yeah, good, good camaraderie, yeah, drinking, having some snacks, a lot of laughs, <laughs> all big time laughs. You know, we have the the gamer team where you know we do our 
that happens a lot, but never officially. There's not official nights for that. It's just, yeah, but it's just whenever we're on. Yeah, but it's more often than you'd think. Yeah, it's I'd say four to six times a week. How about that? I think that's accurate, Siege. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. You know, I, I make a point to do a couple hours of gaming every day, most almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's good. And then of course we have our postmortem series. Which we've talked about and we love doing. Yep. And uh, our final ma- our final is the uh, MPC of the Month Club, which is a personal entry. It's, it's rewritten, kind of a remastered version of my NPCs. Oh, man. And they're getting good, too. They're, they're getting good. You hear that? Like, There's an implication there. I don't know. No. Where I don't love it. I don't love it, CJ. I, I didn't mean like that, but like the last couple totally you've did. done, it's like you're reimagining of, of what has you know, recent things. Because... Before, they're all characters that are already established in your own world. Right. And there might be different versions of them, and you'll write the best version possible, but, like, the last two have been Crimson Ghost and Jaeger Gorefist. That's true. Yeah, I did I did a reimagining of but they're, again, existing they're, characters. Yes, they're, they're your reimagining of those two characters. Right. So mm-hmm. they've got a little bit of my backstory in there from what I created, but like with Porter's spin on it. And they're fucking fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. I like Willows, too. I haven't. Just you did. It was a couple months ago. That's right. Okay. It took me a second to remember. Mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> did you know, Danny, uh-huh. that the Michael Myers mask at Halloween <laughs> is just a repainted <laughs> William Shatner mask? I give up. <laughs> Going home. <laughs> Try again next week. Jokes on you. We have game next week. Oh fuck! Fine. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll find a Captain Kirk mask on the way around town. Hey, right? Actually, it's going to be a Leonard Nimoy one in gold. I was going to say at Alana's magic shop, there just happens to be a fucking William Shatner mask. In He's trucky. Live long and have the force with you. <laughs> oh, no. that's how it goes. Why not? <laughs> That said, those, I mean, those are, you know, we, any support you want to give, we definitely appreciate. And, you know, if you're not in a position or you just don't want to give us some of your hard-earned money, we totally understand and respect that. I'll also say that you can jump onto our Discord and come hang out with our community and hang out with us when we're around. Um, busy times. It's the holidays. Right. Everyone's busy. So we're not around as much as we used to be, but we do. We'll get there. Yeah, we still show up. We still have the Wednesday hangout nights for everybody, yep. regardless of if you're a backer or mm-hmm. not. Anyway, you can find the link to that Discord on our website, which is RageAcrossTheInternet.com. .com. .com. That was a weird one. Sorry. I was going to say what you just did? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you turned into the Hulk. A little bit of Special K there. (laughs) The Hulk. Special K, Special Hulk. So without further ado, because this has only been a half hour. (laughs) No, a little less. Well, hopefully we can shave. I'll, I'll cut it down. Yeah. yeah. Oof. That's there's a lot one. There's a lot one. We're on the we're on the we're on the air, folks. <laughs> People to listen to this. But however, uh, let's let's get this show on the road. After we, yeah, yeah, we got a show. We do have a show. Um, and here's the thing. Uh-huh. It it is the holidays. It is a busy time of year for many many people, us included. And so we are probably leaning. Any sheer stuff right now? Yeah. So I know, you know, just two weeks ago, you guys heard our Let's Play Q&A. 
And now we're going to do a drunk drawer. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> but again, we, we just said it. It's it's holidays. It's busy times. We haven't had a lot of time to do research on some of the stuff we know is coming down the pipeline. Right. Like, it's not that we don't want to do other things. Just we don't have a whole lot of time. So what can we do? But hey, you know what? You guys have sent in your questions. Yeah. And we've got three pages of questions. And we're going to answer them. Yeah, we're going to do what we can. So thank you guys for writing in. As always, we definitely appreciate it. We've asked for this. You have done it. You're going to get our random collection of questions we got from from the audience. And again, that's the junk drawer. That's the name. Stuff that doesn't necessarily fit anywhere. Yeah, it started because we asked for ideas for shows. And they were great ideas, but like, it's a 10-minute conversation at most. So how can we make a show out of that? By, well, we just add them all together. That's how. Yeah, we just, yeah, we take the questions and boom. So, and now CJ's here joining us. <laughs> so without further ado, Danny. All right. Let, let's uh, let's open that junk drawer. <laughs> First question is from Mashira. What is your favorite part of the Werewolf the Apocalypse lore? Gentlemen? Favorite part of the lore? Mm-hmm. That is... There's a bit there that I could point to, but like, ah, is it like the lore lore or is it like the meta plot lore? Because two different questions, potentially two different answers. Then uh, give them both. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it, it's that that's the question as written. So take it the way you want mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, going with the meta plot lore, I enjoy how it's primarily there to give you that background flavor that you can use to, you know, enhance your own story. And I think if I had to pick a specific part, it would be, you know, the easy answer is the storm eater part, because that's the entire wild west setting. And one of my favorite settings for the world of darkness now, apparently, but probably the death of morning kill. Cause that leads to some very interesting shenanigans that can happen across the entire Garu nation. And now you're talking Jacob Morningkill, not uh, Isaiah? Correct. Okay. Whichever one came before Albert, I don't remember the exact name off the top of my head. Yeah, it's Jacob. Okay. I was just double checking because, you know, you had Isaiah Morningkill in the Wild West. Oh, see, I forgot about that part. True. True. I forgot about that. Also, so, yeah, Jacob Morningkill's death because, like I said, a lot of room for just shenanigans to happen thanks to Garu power vacuum. I don't want to say I agree with you, but I like that part because I, I often forget about the Wild West version of that. I say version, but it's still meta. No, that, that's cool. Okay. If I were to answer the second question of just lore in general, I mean, it's got to be all the stuff to do with the spirits, all the just in-depth lore and mechanics involved with the spirits that just lead to a lot of fun. Okay. See, for me, it's... um. Maybe this is a cop out answer, right? Mm-hmm. But it, like, I I want to say yes. <laughs> all, well, no, all of it. Because here's the thing, right? You you look at a a garu mm-hmm. is not a wolfman, right? You know, it's the same way that a Tolkien orc is not a Warcraft orc. This was something you know, like with the War of uh, Warcraft slash World of Warcraft, and this isn't a thing like we're getting into. I, I, but, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right. It's like I was, I've was. i always been a pro-horde guy because, you know what, uh, 
a goblin is not a Warcraft goblin. An orc, you know, a Tolkien orc is not a Warcraft orc. Mm-hmm. You know, there are zombies and then there are the Forsaken. They, they are different spins on these classic kind of characters. Right. You know, where a human in Warcraft is just a human. It's just a human everywhere. Fantasy human is fantasy human and I'm bored. <laughs> to transfer that, right? The, the Garu are not werewolves. I mean, they are, but they're not wolfmen. Uh, yeah, and I know what you're saying. You know, the, they're, the fact they're their that, own spin. Right. The fact that you have the different forms and, and you have the, the auspices of the tribes and those cultures, you know, the, the integration of the spirit, all of that put together, that's what brought me in. That's what keeps me in. That's why I love that shit. And yeah, there are other versions of that now. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the original. This is the first. This is the real stuff. This is the Dr. Pepper. Not the Dr. Thunder. <laughs> well, he does say specifically they were part of Werewolf the Apocalypse lore. Right. Well, I'm saying is is the lore of it is what it all. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick a specific one thing, I mean, that's how do you do that? Right. Yeah. No, I, mm-hmm. I get I, your stance. It's, yeah, I don't know that I can because, yeah, there's so much that I could sit here. Um, like, I mean, there's so much you could talk about. You could build a show around it, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like like a weekly <laughs> show where you just talk about aspects of it. That's weird. How would you find such a thing? I have no idea, but <laughs> maybe it's a cop out answer. It's what I have. I, you know what, though? I can appreciate the answer because it shows your appreciation. <laughs> I appreciate your appreciation. It shows your level of love for the game. Appreciate that. <laughs> Look at that. Full circle. I'll I'll say more of a broad term that I and I really like the cultural part of it. I enjoy the intertribe politics, if you will. Mm-hmm. I like how each tribe has its own culture. I like how each tribe has their own conflict with each other how each tribe has and how they deal with conflicts outside of themselves how they deal with conflicts within themselves general terms i think that's fucking fantastic i love to see stuff like that if you want to go more of a specific i like the amazon war i like gogol things first i love what he's done I love the leadership of that. I think that's fantastic. And not only what he's done, but bringing everyone he can to help and push that war to gain the advantage. Excellent. You know what? I think I have a better answer now that I've gotten a a moment to think a little bit more about this. (laughs) All right. Sure. Uh, It's simply just the underlying themes of like hope throughout the lore. Like, this is the world of darkness. Everything is shit. You are a guard, you're probably going to die screaming in horrible agony. Maybe long before your friends do, or with your friends, or long after, who knows. But ultimately, it is that fight for just one more day. There's a chance. Maybe what you do could be what needs to be done to save the world. There is the chance. There is the hope there. It's the world of darkness, not the world of grim darkness. Interesting. And it's something that I feel that can be expressed a lot more in Werewolf because, well, at the end of the day, yes, you are monsters, but you are still human to a sense. Where, like, with Vampire, it gets really depressing a lot of times when your humanity's a baked-in stack and it's stat and it's just going away. 
or if it's that thing that you can express as much or as little as you want to does your character like actually let themselves have that hope versus just bottling it up to do the job that needs to be done yeah it's fantastic I think it means so much to the game it's such a big part of it that people often forget it it sometimes gets pushed to the wayside well it's also like that idea that you know the Garu are the good guys they are the heroes um, and people mm-hmm. sometimes forget that or, or or look at it through a different lens and it's like well it's not they're not Superman Right. They're not rescuing kittens from trees. They're not always doing the right thing, but mm-hmm. ultimately they are the altruistic force in the world of darkness as it stands. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just out for, they're, they're, they're the ones trying to stop the end of the world. Right. And that's not really an overarching goal through the world of darkness. <laughs> Largely, it's much more selfish in terms of desires and wants. And like in a character to character basis, okay, that your mileage can vary. Mm-hmm. But for good or ill, you know, the hero Gotham deserves, right? It, it's, they are, they're the heroes. They're the good guys, even if they're not good people. Yes. And there's, there's room, there's a lot of room in that gray area to play with. Which makes for more interesting content. <laughs> more interesting stories, really. All right, the next one from Mashira. If Danny were to be storyteller for Porter and maybe three others, what would he run? And what would Porter want to play as character-wise? Ooh. <laughs> if I were to tell the story, oh, I'm I'm not a very good storyteller. But at the same time, I do want to see how Porter would play one character specifically, not 1,500. <laughs> so, ooh. I might try and run some kind of Amazon game then. Because I know at least if I do it that way, I can make it a, a shorter story. It doesn't have to be so fucking long. And I could play a best at. Oh, fuck off. But you, you know what, though? You could play whatever you want. It's Amazon. I, so. I, I love not only that the, the Danny immediately saw was irritated <laughs> by that, but that CJ saw through it. Oh, I absolutely you, saw you go fuck it. off and CJ goes, yeah, but would you? Yeah, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> I, I think I would probably run an Amazon game because I can make it a shorter story. Okay. What about you, Siege? Because obviously you're here with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if if I were to run a game for y'all and I would, I would probably go back to my roots and do a just a short Wild West game that you guys either be the fucking heroes looking to set law in the Garu Nation, or maybe let you be the uh, Desperados. Up to you on that point. Hmm. That'd be cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, then. So how often do you get to rob a bank and a train in the same setting? Um, I'm going to have to check the statute of limitations on some things before I answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing. <laughs> okay. So if you were to run in an Amazon game, what would you play? That's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe a, oh, okay. Maybe a Silver Fang Ahram who has come down there to, to bolster, you know, he's there hunting Reno, obviously. Okay. Probably someone, I mean, the, the details would have to be, you'd have to decide, obviously, how 
advanced. Mm -hmm. But I think I would definitely want to skew for someone younger and idealistic and looking to be the big damn hero who comes down there and teaches everyone how a silver fang will lead and save the day. Just totally the fuck in over his head. (laughs) Oh, that's so... Oh, wow. Um, Because as soon as CJ said Wild West... I thought that almost exact same thing, except it would be an Iron Rider Philodox, and he would be there just to save the day, just to to hold up law. He would be the lawman. My law <laughs> is here. This is what's going to save your town, is my law. But again, and he would be over his head. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny about that is my thought for the Wild West mm-hmm. is is I would do a, um, a ragabash Heavily influenced by Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I can see that. That'd be awesome. Val Kilmer specifically. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the best role in his entire career. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bold statement, but... No, I, I stand by it. I, what I, else What else comes I, close? That's, I mean... What, Batman? Was he a good Batman, Danny? No. Are you, are you gonna... Are no. you excited for, for Val Kilmer's Batman? No. No, <laughs> I'm saying it might be a bold. He did a few movies. Uh, he did, but but I'll I'll agree with you. I'm using Batman <laughs> to <laughs> to just distract from some of his better roles, so I can win this argument. <laughs> Fair. What about you, CJ? What would you run <laughs> if we did an Amazon game? If we did an Amazon game, if I were to play Garu, it would most likely. You know what? Fuck it, because I think it would be fun. I'd be the fanboy get offenders coming down to try and become best friends with Gogol's Fangs first, just to get a reality check. Oh, I fucking love that. <laughs> like, this is the kid who's like, he's heard all the stories. He might have even came from the set that Gogol was at before he went to the Amazon. Oh, bad. Like, it's the full-on hero complex, wants to go meet Gogol, wants to be best friends and fight alongside him. Just to find out he can't come within 50 feet of the guy. Because he's just that important. He, like, made his own trading card of Golgo. <laughs> he, like, brought it for an autograph. Yep. Nice. It just happens to look just like the Rage card. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alright, cool. Alright. Thank you, Mashir, for the questions. Those are awesome. Next one is Business Casual Arsonist. What changes from legacy to W5 piqued your interest in a positive manner? And then the next question from Splats and Snaps. (laughs) That was fun. Um, Well, first of all, I I don't know what legacy is. I know actual World of Darkness, World of the Apocalypse, and there's W5. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear on that. I actually do have an answer. Okay. Is the fact that they leaned away from the the human culture. I think it was largely a mistake through through the years of Werewolf that they had doubled down on leaning into human culture. Yeah, they started doing it and they did it too much. And that's the thing. Like, a little, right? You know, especially in the past, the history of, of the tribes having, you know, uh, a link to their kinfolk and the kinfolk to human culture. But here's the thing, when you want to I have a problem with this in, insofar as uh, I mean, there's a couple things. Number one, I think the, the kinfolk culture or Garu culture in general, rather, mm-hmm. you know, you have your family and hey, Uncle Iroh. 
pizza. Where's Uncle Iroh? <laughs> Uncle Iroh's great. Okay, fine. Fucking Uncle Miyagi, <laughs> you jerk. I, I mean, even no. better. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uncle, okay, you know, Uncle Jack didn't breed true. And he's got his family. Now, here's the thing. What do you, what do you want to happen there? Do you want, you want to be like, hey, well, you should go and hook up with, you know, get real in tight with the, with the humans around there and adapt our lives to that. You should definitely abandon our religion. And I'm using quotes around that, but you know, you should abandon your belief in Gaia and your faith in the Gaia nation and the spirits Mm -hmm. and go, you know, kneel down in front of a cross or whichever religion of the era or the uh, region, right? Sure. You know, no, you want to keep Uncle Jack and his family still praying to Fenris or Falcon or whoever. Right, you still want them in the fold so they can enhance the Garu Nation and not get stolen by human the human societies. I, I think that mm-hmm. kinfolk, you know, in, in the nation itself should brush up against human cultures. There should be a there should be some crossover here and there, but it should just brush up against each other. You know, we gotta calm down on the Venn diagram here. <laughs> it, it's it's a problem I have in the fact that and I don't necessarily agree with the way it's done completely mm-hmm. in five. But I think the the leading away, especially in modern day, uh from human culture is uh is, is a step in is a right move. It was a smart move. It's just if you do that, you have to replace with something else. They did a lot of taking stuff away and not replacing it with anything. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that's the bummer. It was a good idea, poor execution. Yeah, I, I, yes. Gentlemen, do you guys got anything? I, it's okay if it's nothing you don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of have just that. It's um, appreciative, again, of going away from human culture and making its own thing because it is its own thing. It's not humans. But, I mean, it, until, it's you. And, you know, until we do our own little thing about it, that's, that's kind of it. Right now. Well, and see, that's the thing, too, right? Because I think when you lean too far into it, and we've seen examples of leaning too far into oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the human <clears throat> culture or these human concepts, right? That that it's like, you know, if you want the back of the box and say, well, the Geta Fenris are the Viking werewolves. Well, that's not... How many Vikings are running around today? Right. Number one. Yeah. But, you know, for, for just a back of the box trying to get someone interested as a starting point, I can understand that kind of rationale. But mm-hmm. yeah, number one, how many how many Vikings do you see running? You know, we're not we're, we're not we're, pitch the tribes all in under thirty seconds. That's the kind of description you give, right? Yeah, it's you know it. What is it? That's the thing is that they didn't replace it with what. I feel like I don't want to say too much either, I, because again, we have mm-hmm. stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah Danny kind of just unveiled that we're kind of working on stuff. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm saying. You know, and I think when you lead, you know, what is a Viking werewolf, right? In number one, where are the Vikings running around these days? But beyond that, maybe you just want to play Vikings. If you're leaning so far into that, mm-hmm. that maybe you're not really playing werewolf is just a Viking game where they can also turn into werewolves. I, I get what you're saying. I do. Oh, yeah, I do have a possible answer for this and it's just the idea of not that the umbra is hostile but it's harder to get to because yeah in the modern day that gauntlet should be 
with how much scientific research and everything has increased and how just much the cities have exploded, I'd imagine the gauntlet's damn near impassable in some places. And they do have the inclusion of a little right for making it easier and possible to cross the gauntlet. That's a fun idea. That's something I could see playing up in a modern day setting and going wild with. But once again, interesting idea, possibly poor execution. I think that's pretty fair. No, I'd agree. What else we got? Next comes from Splats and Snaps. Have you ever had a player who wanted their character to use firearms extensively? And if so, did you try to discourage it? And clearly I've never been a storyteller, so I can't answer this one, but, you know, CJ, Porter, go for it. Uh, after you, CJ. Uh, I do have one player in the Wild West at the moment who is trying to use firearms almost exclusively, but it's more of like a opening gambit with, uh, they fetished up their firearms a little bit, so they do some extra effects, like one strips away potential soak dice, where the other one does a hard hit. So it's that one-two punch, but it's a opener before they rush in with fangs and claws. Once again, it makes sense to be a little bit more reliant on firearms in the Wild West, giving the setting. In a more modern game, I would probably push away for it, unless you're in a situation where, like, the veil is at risk. Makes sense. I have dealt with this. I think I've heard this story before. You know, I... (laughs) You know, yeah, um, I've I've had this problem, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I agree with CJ. By the way, that the Wild West is more, it it's better for that, more open to that. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, I appreciate that character using it as an opener. But yeah, I've I've had I've had players, more than one, <laughs> would just sit back with like a sniper rifle, and that's it. That's all they do. Yeah, and that's that's how they wanted to do things, or they just stand way in the back with you know, um, and how I would mm-hmm. counter that is, you know, eagle item, eagle-eyed enemies, ambushes, mm. okay. you know, a counter sniper that wasn't maybe there before because it's not fair to the rest of the group that this guy's sitting back there and just taking pot shots see, yeah, while they're risking, point. yeah, their lives and char- their characters, their characters' lives, and he's just like, mm, I'm going to sit back here and keep my suit clean. And I'm like, ah, you're not, though. Hmm. While you're sitting there in Hamid, someone's going to shoot you in the shoulder and fuck that shoulder up real, real bad, Glasswalker man. And now you can't shoot. <laughs> right? You're going to you're gonna get Sonny Corleone by the reinforcements that came up from behind you. So you try to discourage it as much as possible. I, I do. I, I think it's, um, I mean, time and place, but, you know, these are these were exclusive you know, these were characters who just wanted to sit back with pistols. And again, what are you playing now? Yeah. Shift to Krinos, you create. <laughs> you're not playing, yeah, you're not playing Werewolf anymore. <laughs> All right, then, next would be from Dundee. A question related to the all get or Nazis myth. Doesn't anyone else hate how black theories are stereotyped as insufferable feminazis? Or even worse, how one extreme viewpoint seems to be morally acceptable than the other amongst the fan base. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well first of all, I'm not going to sit here and moralize to shit. No, I know. I can't. We can't help how people want to take things and run, um, even if or when it's not. Um, I mean, look what they did to the get. 
Yeah, I know. That's why I'm trying to. You know, we it 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 was aggressively not the case. Um, we we've seen since some behind the scenes stuff to where even they knew it was aggressively not the case, and people were just like, "Fuck it, this is how I want it." Yep. You know, um, which is unfortunate. But really, what my irritation is, I'm I'm going to take this to the next level, becomes the generalization on all fronts. Yeah. You know, the Fianna who is both Braveheart and a dwarf from Lord of the Ring and Gimli from Lord of the Rings. The the Silver Fang who can't breathe poor people air because he's the Prince of Foreverton. The the Shadow Lord with the, the twin backstabby knives. You know, <laughs> the I mean stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. But but, but there's a level. There exactly right? yeah, there's a yeah. level in and stop if you don't want to be the stereotype don't be the stereotype. Right. And like, how about instead of that, we just make a real character. Yes. And if you need a back of the box description, there's a level of as long as it's, there's precedent and it, it's quote accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> the same way as Viking werewolves for the get of Fenris. Yep. Okay. But that's, you're jumping off 30 seconds or less point, And then you can get into what makes that tribe tick. I would definitely lean toward more, you know, the, the Amazons rather than, the what's it the feminine feminazi was yeah. that yeah rather than mm-hmm. that with the black furies i think that would be the the better way to go with it but again only in so far as that 30 second description yes just walk away from the stereotypes at all you know if you want to integrate a piece or two of it sure you know again there's there's they're there for a reason fine but work around it make a real character get the fuck out of cardboard town that's my issue yeah stop <laughs> using the stereotypes as excuses right it's not a character those aren't character traits if the you know the, the the stereotype is not an excuse for a personality it's not a replacement or an excuse yeah. to put like, the other ones down and not like a thing maybe it's one of those things of like if you want people to stop seeing the tribe as a particular thing start playing them as what you would prefer them to be seen as there you go yeah that works sorry yeah. No, don't forget to you know, be the change you want to see. Boom. It's one of those like this is a topic that it sounds super simple, but yeah, these stereotypes have been around for a while. You've had the problem player who hasn't helped with the stereotype. Right. And just spread It's a long road to break that stereotype. Yeah. That too, yeah. All right. That's probably enough for that one. Yeah. The next one from Dundee is how do you plan out a story arc for each campaign? I got, I'll go first since I'm in fresh off game last night. So that helps. There you go. Nice. But yeah. Uh, for me, mostly with planning it out is I do start with a beginning and end point. And occasionally I'll put like, if I were to actually write this out as like a fucking map, I would start with my beginning, my end point, not the ending but kind of how I want it to end. Like if there's certain NPCs who I know are going to be dead by the end, that would be like established in the end point, you know, like where is the villain? What are they doing? Potentially all very rough, loose. And like, I could make it a solid ending right now if I wanted to, but it's that let me give some time just in case the players do something I was not expecting. And once I've got those two points, I can at least signpost a little here and there for a major beat or have a few scenes just off to the side to be pulled in whenever they feel appropriate. Order helped with one of those recently that we can say Gundam helped inspire. 
But that's mostly how I planned it out is just that start with the beginning, come up with a loose end and then pick some points throughout it that are like major turning points. Uh, For me, it's I skeleton it out. We we've talked about the guilty and that I did have a specific ending in mind, but that was a exception to the rule. I, I will, you know, do a set of bullet points of the major beats I want to hit and build between those as necessary in terms of if there's like a larger plot going on. Mm-hmm. And Danny, you've dealt with this a couple times. <laughs> I have as to say, we're which I, part of this is he? I will walk towards? it back from the end. Yes. And this is an important thing, right? And I think we've mentioned it maybe once before. I'm not sure, but I, I suspect we will again down the road. It's, is that worth repeating then? Yeah. Is that you're writing something so it makes sense to you. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're writing a mystery, well, you already know how it ends. So the path to the ending is always clear to you, but not necessarily to the people who are experiencing it outside of your fucking brain. So I will work it backwards. Mm-hmm. And whenever possible, I will get a third party who doesn't know what the fuck is going on. To see if they can follow that breadcrumb trail. Right. To make sure that the the path I set down makes sense. That is it reasonable that you could follow this and get to here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and both of those are different things, but I think it's very important to do both. I was going to say, it's fair because, yeah, sure, you know where you're going, but. Right. Like, if I didn't know where we were going, there's some points, like, I, I would have taken this idea and ran with that rather than the one you put in front of me that was supposed to take us there. Mm-hmm. It all depends on which one's going to be worth it. Well, and also, do the series of events make sense logically? Yes. Good point. You yeah. know, if, if you got your there, mastermind... There making- are certainly... Oh, I was going to say, like, when you're writing this stuff or planning this stuff out, there are certain leaps of logic that you make without ever realizing. Oh, 100%. And especially if it's some uh, a large scheme from the villain, like some Xanatos mm-hmm. Gambit type of scenario. <laughs> you know, you're, you're pushing those dominoes. It You have to make sure they progress logically. And part of that also is mm-hmm. understanding the motivations of your villain. Um, I was uh, talking to a member of the community, our Discord community, which you can join through our website, RageCrossTheInternet.com. Thanks, CJ. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, just leave a saying, and it's fine. Um, uh, I didn't hear it. Sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast. We got him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was talking to a member of the community. Uh, you know, I don't want to. But he, he asked me to look over what he was doing and give some advice and some thoughts. And I'm looking and he's he's got a scheme going. Cool. And I'm reading the thing and there's a ritual going on. And I ask how the ritual works. He's like, oh, I don't know. Like, they don't need to know. I'm like, no, no, they don't need to know. But you need to know. Is the storyteller, you need to know how a thing works or why a thing works. And what for. So you can, Yeah. So you know the repercussions, you know how it's thwarted, even if they don't know, even if they never find out, you need to know how it works so you can use it properly. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big part of it. Know those motivations, know the what's and why's, even if it not even if it's not gonna come out in game. 
Yeah, you don't have to get too specific with it. Just know what, where, and how. Right. And why. Like, it's it's not enough to know that Vermillion is going to betray this person, for example. Like, that's all you're going to know. Yeah, but why is he Right. The reasons matter. It, it's kind of related there. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I absolutely and with get it. That, like, with that ritual example, if you know how it works or why it works and stuff like that, if your punk is ever at that dead end where they have no idea where to go, let's say for the ritual you need exactly, like, 12 puppies... What if they find a signpost with like suddenly five or six different like you know missing puppies that weren't there earlier? Like where'd all they go? And like here's a potential clue for your pack to find that you might not have originally planned if you didn't know exactly what the ritual entailed. Exactly, and and to pogo off of that, always be wary of the twelve specifically puppies for sale signs. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Anyone specifically selling 12 puppies is suspect. Don't do it. I'm, I'm not even going to ask you why. It's no. Because the ritual. 11 is okay. 13. Yeah. 11's okay. 13. Little bit sketchy. 12. Nope. Nope. Okay. Never, never, never 12 puppies for sale. <laughs> All right, then. Jesus. Next question from spoons what is the most heavy metal thing you have ever done in a game of werewolf the apocalypse i don't even know how to respond to that i don't know what qualifies <laughs> i will say that i once played in a game mm-hmm. that took place at a rob zombie concert <laughs> it was ridiculous and it didn't make sense and it was somebody's first time telling a werewolf game. Mm-hmm. Not a game at all. This guy was a D&D. He mm-hmm. was a DM. Wow. Okay. And it was really bad. Because D&D does not translate. Sorry. Well, <laughs> sure, but it, it involved a member of the pack getting captured. And he was taken to the mm-hmm. Rob Zombie concert and tied to a chair and left alone in a room. Okay. Meanwhile, the rest of us had to go find him and felt the lead to the Rob Zombie concert. <laughs> And so he woke up and was in the room tied to a chair, tied to, not chained, not tied with rope. So So he shifted forms because he was alone in a room and then left. Yep. That's how it goes. And then. You guys heard this concert too? Sweet. Let's rock out. Yeah. Then we went to the Umbra (laughs) and we saw some Banes and we killed them. And apparently they had made Rob Zombie or White Zombie, White Zombie. (laughs) So they all turned into like revenge, the cast of Revenge of the Nerds when we killed the Banes. This was a thing that happened when I was like 16. And I did not write this. I want that to be abundantly clear. This was not me. So- I've written some dumb shit. My first year was, we might get into it later, but oof, this, does that count? I don't, I don't really know. I don't think it counts. I think, I think he's looking for like the coolest, like heavy metal, like, yeah. yeah, but see, that's but what if you don't like heavy metal, so that's not a compliment. Okay, so yeah. let's I pretend. don't, I don't know how Spoons feels about heavy metal, <sighs> so I don't know if he's like, is this the I, most hardcore thing, or is he like, is this like, does he mean volume? I think does it's he hardcore or weight? intense. Yeah, I think, let's I think it's hardcore or intense. I just don't want to put words in his mouth. Well, let's pretend. That, yeah, the most hardcore, <laughs> most intense thing you've done in a game. So there was a white zombie. <laughs> <show>. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll, you I'll guys, go, yeah, you guys go. <laughs> I'll go with, uh, with something that Jaeger Gorefest did. And I don't know about being heavy metal, but it was probably one of my favorite things, at least, is we I had to talk to an elder, but to even get an audience with that, uh, it was a rank six, I, I had to uh, complete a challenge first, and it was a, a first blood. And again, I was had one arm. Was okay. Number one, that was not against him. Number two, you did not know he was rank six. I just felt those were minorly important. Okay, those are both. You didn't points. beat up a rank six guy, is what I'm saying. Okay, yes, and I don't want you to send that inf- that that suggestion out to the world. Okay, you didn't. That did uh, not my, happen. My apologies. I okay. will rephrase <laughs> to get the audience with this high. Ra- I knew it was a high ranking. Yes, you knew guard. it was an elder. I, I knew it was a high ranking elder, and then to even get an audience with him. I had to complete the challenge first, and then one of his pack mates, I was a challenge to first blood. Yes, was it one of his pack mates? It was a Panger. Okay, because <laughs> it was Philodox and Philodox. It, it had been a while, so which was kind of funny being Philodox and Philodox, and it was a, a battle challenge. But again, Jaeger Gorfest had one arm, and the challenge was for any one of our pack. To, to complete the challenge. And I was doing it with one arm. And I was laughed at. And I still won. With quotes around one. <laughs> but I, I... You did it. Yeah, I, I was there to prove myself. And I thought I, you know, I fucking did it. I was there to prove. And I did it well. I was happy with the results. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought that was the end. <laughs> He doesn't know. I'm looking at CJ. No one knows because this is a this is audio and <laughs> yeah. he's not here. He's not even here. And he can't even see you. <laughs> exactly. Man, none of the reasons that it shouldn't have worked at all. That's why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I I have one moment from whenever I was in Ghost Paul's game that came from inspiration, thanks to a uh, gift that I had recently picked up on a character. It was whenever he was playing my Meta Silver Fang, and his big major deformity was he had like redundant bones growing over his skin and fused to it. So he had like a skull face fused to his actual face. And the (laughs) gift allowed you to take an ag of damage to get three rage. And so for one of these encounters where we were, I can't remember exactly who we were fighting, but it was a potentially risky situation. I decided for the intimidation factor and to get that extra rage just to make sure we were ready for that fight. To get that egg, had my character Ash rip rip the skull plate off of his face, leaving just a bloody mess, and get that three rage as he was rushing into the fight. Intimidation at the same time. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of these, right? Because I haven't had a whole lot of time on the other side of the screen. Sure. And, and, like, one, I think, was totally fucking manufactured. So, you know what, though? Okay. Okay. All right. If you got something, yeah. I, no, I got something. I got something. So, during the Virginia games, I needed to take a break. Right? Mm-hmm. I We had done, like, three Chronicles, two or three Chronicles. And, and you were running every weekend at the time, too, Exactly. Right? Oh, Jesus. That's a lot of writing. Yeah. And so, it was constant turnaround. And these were larger scripts, dude. These yeah. were, like, eight, nine-page scripts. Jesus. Uh, you know, and I think the first one was 13 parts. The second one was like 24. So Jesus. like I am, I am, I need to take a break from writing. 
so one of my players wanted to try storytelling and we were kind of doing a transition and where we were in the story is what we started with was a series of quote tribal one-offs. The idea was, is the pack had this pack that they were playing had broken up, mm-hmm. you know, shit happened, shit got dark. You'll see, you'll hear about those in postmortems down the line, by the way, because <laughs> once we finish, yeah, we're going to go to those Virginia games. That's going to be fun. Right. Uh, but the thing was, so the idea would be to give a single tribe view of life and to get a look at what these characters were doing during this, this kind of year break. Yeah. in and in game time was a year. Okay. You know, so it's like, here's a get a Fenris episode. Here's a glass Walker. Here's a, you know, cool. Yeah. And so for the get a Fenris one, the deal is, is everyone who was playing the game would roll a new character except for the member of that tribe. Oh, right. This is to say, if we did this today, mm-hmm. right, the Ricochet chapter, we would all make a bone gnar and you would play Ricochet. That's cool. I, right. I can get behind that. Yeah. Okay. So this was the Frostbite pack, served oh. under Snow Queen. Nice, nice. And the character in question, which was Bloodletter, oh. became, was the newest member of the Frostbite pack. They took him in. This was the idea. So my character kind of like, I, I, I made him look like Axel Rose. But he was, he was like a boxer, right? And my very first combat with this guy, I spend a couple of rage, do like a jab across then an uppercut, right? And so, boom, I hit him in the chin. The guy exposes his throat and I immediately shift to, uh, shift my hand to Krinos and swipe at the throat. The rolls were so fucking good. I killed him in a single move. <laughs> Oops. Hey, yo. Uh. So maybe that. <laughs> Like, boom pop yeah popped your job oh here's your throat slice done fucking holy shit <laughs> i wish i could say it was like a nexus scroll or something it wasn't but it was just a hardcore set like opening roll for the first combat <clears throat> you know like, rules were so good exercise fucking announce my presence with authority right there <laughs> <laughs> how about you cj most intense favorite most hardcore heavy metal thing Oh, you did that one. Mm. Never mind. The, the yeah, right. so yeah, just... Meta's ripping his skull face off. Yeah, no, I'm an idiot. Don't yeah, worry about it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. That's, that's fucking awesome. All right. The next, uh, again, for, for both of you being storytellers, what's the worst instance of a problem player or a problem storyteller you guys have ever encountered? I'm trying to think of how to tell it. That's the problem is it's been a, it's been a little while. The group has purposely repressed the knowledge of their existence. So the one problem player I had, this was a, this was one of my first attempts to run a game at the same time. It was a uh, similar situation to you where I had, uh, I'd been playing with an ST for a while and decided I wanted to give a shot. So I asked him if I could run a one off or just a short little story. And there was a player to the group that had come back after a long hiatus and apparently he had gotten much worse than everybody remembered because he was a little bit of a main character kind of person. He always wanted to be in the spotlight. He'd spend about a good 10 minutes describing every action he took in combat. Oof. But the part that got really weird and inexperienced uh, CJ here at the time, like real fucking inexperienced, the character had a... Uh, kinfolk love interest that they 
wanted to include in every possible scene and it got really really weird very quickly to where we eventually had to just you know this is before i started figuring out the you can say no as an st and it was where i learned like yeah no just say no sometimes just say no and it's don't don't give this guy any more screen time than is necessary and it especially got to the point where uh dude was playing a chick the kinfolk was also a chick and he seemed to almost fetishize that relationship himself and it got to the point where he got kicked out of about five different games that we were all running respectively oh my gosh as this was the breaking points so much so that he you know one of the last things that he did that was like kind of the final straw was hey he went back to the character's apartment to you know check on their kinfolk they weren't home they were at work he said he was going to leave a note and he wanted to spend the next five minutes describing exactly what he wrote on the notes versus you know like let's get on with the main mission that you waylaid because yeah you guys were in town for the moment and that was kind of the final straw before he got significantly worse and was immediately ejected from the game. Like, we didn't even finish the game with his existence there. He got killed off after he had been kicked from the server with how bad he had been getting. Oh my god. Don't do that, people. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I have never endorsed and maybe even, I've never even understood, you know, that let's roleplay my imaginary girlfriend. It's, um, I, I, like, if you want to do that in your private, I don't care what you do in your personal life. Right. And that, that largely goes full stop. Yes. Like, I kind of don't even care if you're secretly a murderer. Just maybe don't touch kids. I think that's where my line is. But other than that, I kind of do not care what you do with your home life. We're not here for probably, probably just don't hurt people in general. But I, I also maybe don't care if you're secretly like if you're Dexter, I don't have a problem with that. That's just live your life. I, I don't care, but but I to I don't want to. I don't understand. Why it, I don't understand. I don't understand it, and I don't need to. I just won't put it in my games. I said, but but don't put it on other people. <laughs> right in front. Right. If you want to do that at home and write fanfic about your imaginary girlfriend and what you, that is totally fine. Enjoy it. I hope it's well written. I it doesn't have to be. I'm not reading it. But you know, good luck. <laughs> but yeah, to make fun in private. Right. To make a group have to put up to endure that. Yeah, that's that's the problem. You know, and I'm not necessarily necessarily, right, opposed to a character Having a love interest, right? And I mean, you you look at pot pot kettle, right? If if you will, mm-hmm. is you have the case of Sekhmet Rainmaker and Roxy Softowl. Yes. However, while I was playing Sekhmet Rainmaker, I never had any interaction with Roxy Softowl. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't that she was. Yeah. A, a, she was. I don't want to say she was just set dressing for win, but she kind of was for what I'm storytelling. Yeah, I was gonna say, but yeah. it's the difference between like it happening off screen and like it being mentioned, but not right. made well, this focal out. point. Yeah. Right, like I the relationship between Segment Rainmaker and Roxy Softall, I think, is very important. 
for NPCs. Yes. Not for when I'm playing that character. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to play Werewolf the Apocalypse and have fun adventures and not pretend to make out with an imaginary person. And yeah, it just goes back to what we, you know, it was in the book. Was it uh, second edition? It's, it's in the afterwards second edition is what you're talking the about. Afterward, yeah, thank you. The afterward of second edition. It was, it's, this is Hamlet, not Romeo and Juliet. It's, it's simple. <laughs> but I mean, that, that didn't answer the question, though. That was not the question. Um, I well, just, it was I, I don't, CJ's answer. Yes, it was. But I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm responding to CJ's answer. It wasn't. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't, I, I've seen a couple in my days. You uh, Normally it hasn't been very severe. I had uh, someone who needed to have their gifts. Hmm. When can I get this? When can I get that? When can I? This this was especially irksome because the the gifting question was gifted a Spriggan. Which is a level five. Right. (laughs) And And they they were level two. (laughs) When can I get it? Never is when. Never. Like, are you kidding me? I've, I've had that. A little, you know, a little. Uh, I I had my very first, my very first game. I had a problem player because he was the storyteller and he resented that anyone else wanted to try. That guy. So he refused to play. Mm-hmm. Like he played. He had his character. Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, you guys start in your apartment. I don't know why they had an apartment, but this is like the first, you know, it just, it was just run with the premise because no one knows what we're doing. This is the very beginning. That's fine. And he's like, well, I'm going to read the paper. I'm like, all right, well, there's a phone call. Phone rings. Going to have the set call. They need help. I'm just going to read the paper. Phone's ringing. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore it. Well, I'm going to unplug the phone. So he See, can... in the mid nineties, you didn't have Selma phones. You had Selma phone. Yeah. You have what's called like a rotary phone, which plugged into your wall. <laughs> and then like you had the receiver, right? Like you have your phone now and you got the part where you listen to and the part where you talk from. And then there was a cord that went to another part, which is where all the numbers were. <laughs> so many people You are know. laughing. There are people who are just baffled by I what know. I'm saying. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing is because I know there are people who have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, right. Yeah. Luckily enough, I'm not one of them. No. Oh, <laughs> close, man. You're, you're, you're close. Oh. Okay, not that close. I apologize. <laughs> so, that was a thing. I, I had a. Clearly, that guy just didn't want to play. No, he just. He didn't. It had to be all about him. Ah. You know, and sometimes you get players that need the game to be all about them. You know, sometimes you have people that will, like, throw fits if they don't get what they want. And, you know, we all get a little upset sometimes. We are are only human. But it's... Remember, there are other people who are playing the game with you. And you're not the main character. It's it's a group effort. I think everyone... I mean, there are YouTube channels devoted to horror stories. It's not werewolf horror stories, you know, but... You know. I think that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy sucked. <laughs> you know, what's funny is he was the one. I tell that story about how I got started in Werewolf. Mm-hmm. He was the guy. Oh. <laughs> and so what ended up happening, right? Because every time I tried, he'd do that. He just wouldn't participate. He would oh. just go out of his way to fuck. And it was like, I think I, I tried like two or three stories and they weren't. I'm barely going to call them stories. I mean, again, you're starting out. So. Yeah. And again, my understanding wasn't great. 
I had never played any type of RPG. And then you factor in the, the amount of information, mm-hmm. the amount of information available wasn't what we have today. Uh-huh. Right. You know, we were excited for when player's guide two came out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what ended up happening is he was a guy who had the storyteller's book. He had the screen. He, I think I bought the player's guide. Okay. It was player's guide one. My <laughs> And then I bought the Cairn book and I got the tribe, I got the get book. And really what ended up happening is I got my hands on my own copy of the core book and uh, the, the screen. And then we never spoke to him again. Holy shit. Yeah. Once I had the stuff that I could run, the rest of the group was like, okay, we can be done with him. At that point. Good. Cause yeah. it's, it's what's best for the group. And if he didn't want to be part of the group, why are you bothering? I really wanted it to be about him. Game's not about any one person. It's about the fucking collective. Get it together. All right, next. Next is from Tracer Smith. Yeah. How do you run making a fetish? I'll I'll take this one first, because take that, CJ. I've been making you go first for a bit here. (laughs) Fetish making, it's it's a pretty long and involved process, and I think it should be, right? It's important to, um, like, you're not going to role play the downtime, per se, because we live in a world where our time is valuable, Uh and... You know, again, I come from a, I come from a Warcraft. Like, that sounds so stupid. But, <laughs> you know, I played a lot of, I, I played a lot of WoW back in the day, and, mm-hmm. and I stressed it back in the day, like the, the the vanilla version when you had forty man raids. Holy shit! And I've talked about this about before, but yet yeah, the thing is, is there's a level of time management that's important when you're coordinating forty fucking people. Yeah. This is also, but this this applies to other places in life because here's the thing. If you are the one person, right, you're a minute late to a raid. You're 40 minutes late. Right. You are not one minute late. You have stolen a minute from everyone there. You are 39 minutes late. Yeah. Well, yours too. So, yeah, you're 40 minutes late. You know, it, it's, you have to be, it's it's everybody. It's not just you. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's that kind of thing, right? You can't dedicate. 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, or I should have done that in reverse order in a, in a game (laughs) to I'm whittling this piece of wood that I found in a, in a Glen down to uh, a figurine of our pack totem. Not only can you not dedicate that amount of time to that, how bored is the entire planet? (laughs) I am whittling. Say much less the other Dex three cr- nine people are waiting on you. Dex, Dex crafts. Okay, you shaved some wood off, whittled it, if you will. Let's have a Dex crafts. <laughs> it's another wood shaving. Let's do it again. Oop, you botch. You broke it. Let's start all of this process over. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you make a point to. Have your characters or your, your players uh-huh. um, specify they are dedicating time to doing this. Yes. Right. In in their downtime. I would suggest you have you have roles made representing the level of, of craftsmanship and of care and of progress done in that off time. So just a couple roles. The big stuff happens when you get to the details. Right let's say this figurine's done. 
Okay, you have whittled it correctly. You've done pretty good. It's a good representation. Now, what are you doing with it? Okay, well, this is uh, this is an owl. Okay, all right. So we're going to soak this in, in the blood of uh, like a rat. Okay. You know, for a couple days, but we're going to keep it bathed in moonlight. Hmm. You know, or we're going to soak it in moonlight. for So maybe you find the right spot and you make sure the character goes to check on it. Right. But then, even then, that's a small thing. Then it's time for the, the spirit. And then the negotiations, that's what you spend time on. That's what you role play. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of more the important part. That's what's... Well, I think it's all important, but it's the interesting part. Okay. The, the rest is about being creative and clever. Sure. Mm-hmm. But now it's the negotiation. And I, I recommend you look at uh, Hammer and Clave because this really talks about fetish creation. Yeah. And, and to paraphrase some of that is, you know, when it comes to dealing with the spirit, the buyer wants to buy, the seller wants to sell. It's about negotiating the price because you have to keep in mind that when you make a fetish, you are trying to convince a spirit to live inside this fetish forever. You right. Give up its freedom to stay in this thing. Yes. Forever. In theory. You know, like it's, if it's not forever, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a soldier's going off to die for his country. He guesses. You assume that, that that's, a, that's you know, uh, the outcome. Mm-hmm. If you lived, congratulations, and we're glad. But same thing, right? You're, you're electing to live in there forever. And if it's not forever, something bad happened. I don't want any soldiers to, that's not what I'm saying. I know. <laughs> but no, that, that, so that conversation becomes a thing. There, there's this assumption that spirits, you just put a spirit in there. And no. <laughs> can you force a spirit into a fetish? You totally can. But that spirit will not cooperate. Yeah, I was going to say, that means yeah. you know, that it's got its own implications. Right. And that's like a totally different thing. And there can be value in that in terms of uh, role-playing propositions, you know, and opportunities. But that's not what, if you want a successful fetish, that's not how you want to do that. So you want to role-play that interaction. And remember that that needs to be tricky in of in and of itself, and you also have to keep in mind the type of spirit you're using as a storyteller, mm-hmm. you know, to gauge mm-hmm. the interactions. Uh, CJ, I, did I totally upstage you on this answer? I'm sorry already. Uh, no, it's I use cool. a fairly similar process with it. Of you know, there are occasional times that I'll have dedicated downtime, sort of like recap sessions between like major arcs. Or this would be the time for like, yeah, no, what do you do? What do you make your roles? It's sort of like a, it's less of an official setting or session, more of a, uh, yeah, what do you guys want to do? What's your character's downtime over this period of time? Let's figure out roles and write it up and whatever. But yeah, I primarily play out the negotiation or if a particular part of the fetish is... Like, if it's having to be made from, or a part of it's having to be made from something very important or very hard to find, that could be a side story for the pack. You know, possibly going to help your Thayers to go find whatever this ultra-rare material is, or this potentially very risky bit of, you know, a potential little side story there. But for the most part, the actual making of it is a few rolls mostly off screen if they've dedicated their time to it. And when, and I think time's something to underline too. A fetish isn't something you just make suddenly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think 
and I don't know this, but I think that there are people that just that treat fetishes like D and D magic items, and it's not that simple. You know, fetishes are, are sacred, holy objects to the Gaia Nation. These are again, you are talking a spirit into living in there forever. Uh-huh. If you have a fetish, whether you made it or not, you know, a spirit has essentially sacrificed itself to be a part of that, and that's important and that matters. So, like, if you're like, well, no, mm-hmm. let's just make a clave real quick. No, you will not just make a clave real quick. No. You know, I think uh, the the fetish blade that we gave to Jaeger, uh-huh. um, canonically, because, I mean, we skipped, but didn't that take, like, months? Yeah, we said it was, uh, yes, it was behind-the-scenes stuff, but, like, we said it was a three-month process, and it failed twice. So, and, and failed as in, like, the actual weapon itself. Yeah, he did a shitty job, so the spirit wouldn't take it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or, well, first it was... I mean, yes, but yeah, yeah, the short yeah, version. Short right? version, sure. Like, if something bad didn't happen, the spirit wouldn't have taken it. Right. And it was, yeah, again, it was a, a lengthy process. It was almost like its own short little story. It could have been. It just would have been really boring. Yeah. Because <laughs> what did you do while I'm working the metal? Yep. Okay. And well, then, I'm working it yep. more. And then I forged. You know, right. They broke, and I had to start all over, so I forged some more metal. Then I then I was grinding the metal, and then I grinded the, the the metal. Oh, I cut myself, and I waited for it to heal. But I smeared the blood into it because <laughs> that's important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was very yeah. much the uh, the effort and time he put into it was towards the negotiation, if you will, well, for it, that war spirit. It, yeah, it's it's the value of the the vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at the time and effort I have put into this to make it as perfect as I can for you, so it will shed more blood. Yeah, the, the oil I used on this blade was mixed with my actual blood and sweat. There you go. <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. All right, then next one. Ghostpaw says... Ghostpaw asks... <laughs> Does he say that he asks? Is that in the question? Is it like Ghost Paw asks? Is, is, is he third person? So he asks, "What are the limitations of Mother's Touch? Can it cure diseases, viruses, or cancer?" Porter says, "No, it cannot." There we go. That's a pretty straightforward. CJ, yeah. how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, it would be a little powerful if it could do all that. Here's and a cold it's horror. already kind of powerful for a level one, right? A level one gift. Here's a cold sore, <laughs> mother's touch. <laughs> right. And I know we, I know a few of these questions. Cause again, guys, how we do this, you know, is we take your questions, but we, we, I order them by who asked. Yes. And so I know some of these questions build off each other. So later down the line, we're going to get follow-ups to that or questions that are based off of that. And yeah. And similar, but yeah. Yeah. So that'll be confusing, but that's fine. So <laughs> according to, I guess, rules as written, Yes, it can cure all those things. Apparently, it depends on your source, but yes. Yeah. I think the most recent one is like, yep, fuck it. Yeah, I was going to say, the limitations of it, are, there are no limitations. Which again, yeah, level one gift, fuck off. Yeah, so from storyteller to storyteller, Porter's version says it can't cure the diseases, the viruses, or cancer. And again, you know, for our games, it can cure those things, but to a certain extent. 
No, it can't cure those things at all in our game. Not, not, not those things, sorry. Not, I didn't mean those things. I meant like a... Well, that's another question. Like a broken arm. Yeah, but that's another question. That's I know fair. that for a fact. Okay, so. yep. Yeah, we'll leave it there then. Exactly. Then, not... Okay, I gotta stop us here. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> uh, no, we, we've gone on for a while, and we... Still have more to go. We have a lot more to go. We had a lot more than we thought we did. And I know the last time we did this and we ran out of time, we're like, well, we're going to save those for later, but we don't want to save these for later. No. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here. And I guess it is still for you. It's later. <laughs> this is the RAI time over everybody. <laughs> you know, which is funny because that's a concept that came from the postmortems. Right. That we have not properly integrated into the main show. Not yet. Well, not till now. <laughs> right. So you've heard of, we've, we've talked about Schroeder's podcast where we have our, you know, we're both, we're alive and dead and in the past and the future and, and everything's up its own ass. <laughs> right. Yes. We're, yes. We're the past is the future and the past and, and it's left and right. And we're all and yeah, everything's up its own ass. It's the RAA time overs. It's no longer Schroeder's podcast. It is the RAA time overs. This refers to the fact <laughs> that we are recording for the future in the past <laughs> But the things we say both have and haven't happened yet, it's amazing. That depends on what day it is. Right. So it's the time over. That's how we're doing it now. It's the time overse, everybody. So as part of the REA time overs, we're going to record the rest of these questions today. You're going to hear them in two weeks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be a part one, part two. Yeah. Junk drawer seven, part one and part two, <laughs> whatever. We'll just, you know what? Maybe we just call it junk drawer time overse version. <laughs> I, we will dis- <laughs> yeah, we have larger yeah, issues. Yeah, we we'll will discuss this later. Um, in the meantime, uh, we're going to take that little break and get that ready. Uh, we're going to let you go for now, though. You guys have uh, have a good day. I mean, that's not normally part of our thing, but you yeah. should have a good day. That, that's important. <laughs> we, we wish good things for you. Yes, all of them. But I will say, uh, on behalf of myself, Mr. Daniel Tyson, Mr. C. Jason. <laughs> yes. I guess. I guess <laughs> now. Perfect. At least today. <laughs> no, we want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your support. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep your claws sharp. And you're in this well. See you. I felt better knowing he was along with me on this stupidity ride.